0: Hello everybody, welcome to MHTV. It's lovely to have you with us today. We have a fantastic guest with us. Today we have Leanne with us, who is a third year student mental health nurse and we're really delighted that she's taking time out of her busy schedule, which you will be hearing about in a minute, to join us. And um, Before we get started, um, let me hand you over to Dave to tell you how you can join in and how you can comment, because obviously we want to hear from you, we want to have any questions that you have to ask. Dave?
1: Hi, yeah, uh, uh, thanks Nikki, and it's great to uh, join in tonight again. Uh, So you've got a couple of options for joining in. The first is on Facebook Live. All you need to do is head to the side of the screen uh, and make any comments or add any questions that you want to. uh, And I'll be having a look in there and bringing any in that we can do. Uh, The other option that you've got is on Twitter. And all you need to do is use the hashtag MHTV. Just to say that at a certain point in the next sort of five to 10 minutes, we're expecting Vanessa to drop into the conversation. Uh, she's busily now driving up a motorway somewhere in England, uh, we're not too sure where uh, but she did stop at one service station but had to sort of move on, I think she was moving <laughs> on so uh, you know maybe she'll want to describe why that's the situation herself uh, but without further ado straight back to you Nikki.
0: Okay so Leanne please can you introduce
2: yourself and just
0: tell us a little bit about what you've been up to.
2: Yeah, of course. So my name's Leanne. Um, I am a third year mental health nursing student at Coventry University. Um, it's been, it's been a, it's been a journey. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I suppose how, um, do not want me to talk about how I came into nursing, I guess? Sure, that'd
0: be a good place to start.
2: Um. So I um, was originally a solicitor, so I qualified as a solicitor and um, when I sort of finished school, went through Mm -hmm. into my university, did my postgrad and qualified as a solicitor and worked for seven years um, as a private client solicitor specialising in wills, probate, powers of attorney Mm -hmm. and things. And then when I had my eldest son, um, so about six and a half years ago now, um, had postnatal depression. And Mm -hmm. I suppose for me, I know it sounds ridiculous, but I didn't really know, understand mental health services. Well, I didn't really know anything about them or really think mm-hmm. about them or what they were, because it was never something that had touched my life in any way, mm-hmm. um, or anyone I knew, I suppose. And so I had completely no knowledge about them. Obviously, was referred into services and had mm-hmm. support. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think when I recovered, sort of thought, like, wow, like, what happened <laughs> to me? Um, and sort of there's the fact that this whole world I didn't know about, and I thought, actually, that sort of real stigma around particularly for parents you know when you have a baby it's meant to be sort of this really happy time and then you that sort of compounds I think which, where the mental health stigma is already there mm. and is such a massive sort of part of it I suppose and mm. so for me I just thought I wanted to do more um so I did some bits of voluntary set up um sort of a charity locally and a group for parents and then just thought I suppose that wasn't enough and I wanted to do something else but I didn't really know what um and then I had my daughter um and was much more poorly after having her really unwell and had a lot of support from um sort of a mental health nurse um in the community that supported me at home Mm -hmm. and she was just so incredible that like once I'd been discharged and recovered I just thought that's what I want to do sort of that really real holistic support where I can like because she just helped me with every aspect I suppose like there was no sort of oh this is what we like I still other the professionals loads of the professionals but there'd be things like oh you'd you know you'd have like this this six-week course in this and this would happen with this but it's very sort of structured you only have six sessions and then you're done and all of this mm-hmm. where she just gave me what I needed I suppose and that mm-hmm. real um sort of just me as a person and I thought that's what I want to do for parents so I literally mm-hmm. on a whim just quit my job well I didn't just quit my job straight away <laughs> I um Spoke to the local university to find out what I'd need to do to get on the course. Um, applied, and it was a late application actually when it went in. Um, mm-hmm. Had an interview and got accepted onto the course, and then handed in my notice. And sort of that was it. I've never really looked back.
0: <laughs> it's a very quick progression, isn't it? That when you tell it that way. Um, so if we go back to just because you had two experiences of being unwell, they sound like they were very different to each other. Did you, when did you first realize this this isn't what happens to a lot of people who have babies something strange is happening to me
2: yeah I think it's I, I think it's hard because you you don't really know I know for me I didn't really understand it myself mm. um, and I think that was part of the reason why I didn't reach out for support because I think mm. if you've never had mental illness before it's not something people really talk about particularly when you're pregnant I think people don't want to scare you and yeah. um, so it's not it wasn't really talked about much there's no education as such and then you suddenly find yourself unwell and Trying to navigate these services, mm. but people are asking you how you're feeling, and you sort of think, I don't really know how I feel. I don't feel right, but I don't know mm. whether I'm meant to feel this way. Like, is this how someone yeah. feels when they're depressed, or is it just mm. because I'm tired and I haven't slept and, uh, you know, life's just completely changed and mm. I don't know whether I'm coming or going? And um, mm. so you don't really know, I suppose, for quite a while. And um, then they try to put in a referral. Um, mm. And for me, there was a lot around the language of mental health mm-hmm. services. It's such an unknown to people, yet I think, and I suppose we do it quite a lot, I suppose, don't we, in that you talk to pet, you talk to people like they get it like it's the world we're in, like even mm-hmm. now or sort of when I'm on wards and stuff, yeah. you forget that actually to people they don't understand these things and I remember someone calling me when they put my referral through and saying, "Oh." <laughs> Um, because you're not sleeping we're going to refer you to a psychiatrist and in my head the midwife had sort of geared me up for being referred to just for some psychology support at the hospital um, and that felt sort of manageable and then suddenly they started talking about psychiatrist and I was like whoa that seems like another level like psychiatrist seems like such a scary term like that's like I was like they really think I'm like I'm mad or something like I can't do this mm-hmm. and that was how I saw it in my head and it was completely ridiculous um, based mm-hmm. on nothing I suppose but sort of naive perceptions from sort of films i don't know wherever else you pick it up from because you've got no idea Mm. um and there's no real education on what the different people are in a mental health team or how it works or what the setup is um so i sort of just refused i suppose pushed all the support away then refused to see anyone Mm. and it was the same with the. i wouldn't see the cpn because i Mm. I heard the term community psychiatric nurse and that again that word psychiatric just completely freaked me out and i didn't want to know um And in the end, I only agreed for the GP to sort my medication um, through the perinatal team liaising with the GP. But the GP ended up getting it all wrong and making me really unwell and sending me into crisis because she was weaning different medications and getting them all confused and took me off um, medication Mm -hmm. very quickly.
3: Um,
2: And actually, I ended up so unwell then that I'd been better off just going to the psychiatrist in the first place and let her sort it all. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Um, And I think for me, that was sort of the big changed for me second time around because then when I was aware second time around hmm. I'd been through these services so I understood them hmm. I understood what everything meant and I sort of took the psychiatry support the CPN and the psychologist and I had them all there because hmm. it didn't feel as scary it wasn't an unknown and I understood what the role was and felt able to accept that support I suppose
0: hmm. were you scared when you got pregnant the second time
2: yes very hmm. it took a long it took a long time. Hence, mm-hmm. I've got such a big gap between my two children. Mm-hmm. Um, it took a long time, I suppose, to feel ready to have another mm-hmm. one. um mm-hmm. A long time, mm-hmm. and I think even when I did, I'd sort of I'd never been an anxious person, and even when I was in well, the first time, I never really suffered anxiety. Always mm-hmm. very laid back, mm-hmm. and um with my son's pregnancy, I'd been quite you know anything goes and quite really enjoyed it with my daughters it was much less so I think I was very aware um that things could go wrong and there was a likelihood that things could go wrong and I had Mm -hmm. been warned of that Mm -hmm. and I think certain things helped so when I was discharged obviously from the perinatal team there was a plan in place as to what would happen if I got pregnant Mm -hmm. again and went back into the service what would need to happen and I suppose I was quite lucky that because I'd already been unwell Second time mm-hmm. around, support was in place very quickly. Um, and sort of as soon as I'd had my booking appointment with the midwife, I had support there and there was sort of, mm-hmm. they were there with me, I suppose, seeing mm-hmm. me, um, but we've got a guest. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and um, yeah, I was quite lucky, I suppose, that I had support quite quickly. And quite yeah. soon after my booking appointment with the midwife, sort of, I had that support in place. So I had people alongside me in pregnancy, which made a big difference. Um, yeah. But it was definitely very nerve-wracking. Um, mm. sort of that fear of the well, it's not a fear of the unknown, there was fear of the known, because you know what mm. could happen, but equally you don't know if it's gonna happen again or what it's going to be like. Um mm. but it's a lot of uncertainty. You know, yeah. Um, but I think in I did also know that I'd been there before, I'd got through it before, and I knew what to do, I suppose. So that mm. helped to a certain extent.
0: Mm. I think what I find really kind of impressive about not not just your recovery and things like that but the fact that like, so i set up a charity and period <laughs> like, so how did that come to happen because that's not that's not what most people normally do so the people with have illness they they, they 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 see gap in services and they say oh here's a gap in services they don't go right what we need is a charity here so tell us about that
2: yeah okay. so i guess um for me i suppose it was such a whirlwind <clears throat> because i was so I mean, I don't know. If you spoke to people that were to me now, that, I was probably horrendous because <laughs> they... Um, you have this sort of... I suppose I just, because I pushed it away all the time, I wouldn't work with them and I was so stubborn. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew it wasn't in my interest to do so, but I just didn't know what else to expect. And I think mm-hmm. no one talks about... No one has the conversations around how difficult it is to have a baby and sort of that risk of mental illness and pregnancy and sort of mm-hmm. postnatally. And no one really... There's no what you so you sort of you're there. And I remember having not telling any of my friends, because I was too scared to tell them I sort of you mm. worry that people are gonna judge you and think mm. less of you or think of you differently because you know people love having a baby and people will come and see you and they'll say, Oh, isn't it so amazing? And you just mm. want to cuddle them all the time, don't you? And you sit like when you're not feeling that way, you're like it makes you feel even more isolated. So you sort of <laughs> you sort of <laughs> struggle along with that a little bit and then um and then you sort of, I don't know, you sort of don't want to talk to anyone. And it was only sort of maybe a year later when I did mm. actually say to my friends, when I did mm. say much to my friends that I'd been mm. unwell, it turned mm. out that somebody in my immediate group of mom friends that all had babies at the same time was also under the perinatal team, but neither of us knew the other was, because we neither of us wanted to say that we were. And mm-hmm. it's only afterwards, you think that's so ridiculous. Anything. I don't know play something else shush <laughs> <laughs> he's like how do you play this game i'm like i
0: don't know <laughs> you just welcome vanessa i think hello vanessa
3: hey, yeah, yeah you're Sorry, lurking I'm in the darkness is <laughs> all well i am i'm a, i'm at woolly edge services so i've managed to find a safe spot to pull over on my way to join you all so hi reporter. <laughs> <laughs> I never, i'm on my phone so and um, we, were just the
0: talking, technology. Yeah. we were just talking about how Leanne got from being sort of poorly to actually then starting to set up a charity and then sort of deciding to come into yeah. mental health nurses. Do, do, do you have any questions, Vanessa? Because you obviously know each other.
3: Yeah, um, not so far. I was just listening to Leanne's stories. I just mm. think it's really mm. important, you know, to hear people's stories, isn't it? Particularly those of us who work in mental health because sometimes... Mm. You know, as part of the kind of othering culture, there's an assumption that we we're all well and we've got it sorted. And I think sometimes, like, we perpetuate that myth ourselves, don't we, amongst each other? So I think it's just, um I was just really keen. I thought it'd be really good to have Leanne on just to share her experience. And for people listening, maybe who are considering, you know, being a nursing student, I thought it'd be quite an inspiring, encouraging story to hear as well. So, yeah
0: inspiring and encouraging Leanne talking about you <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> but something really yeah. sure you was talking about that kind of experience of of sort of isolation and loneliness mm-hmm. having a baby. Mm-hmm. if you go off script it's almost like nobody knows what to do or say as long yeah, as you get yeah. that routine of everything is fine then everybody knows kind of how to behave but as soon as you deviate or have a, a, a situation that they maybe aren't as familiar with if all that kind of support withdraws everyone sort of draws in a little bit with quite anxious.
2: Yeah. So I mean yeah. we started when we first did so originally when we started it, we did it We started within a group and it was a local community center that I've got that I'd managed to persuade them to let me have um a room <laughs> in the community centre one day a week and we sort hmm. of set up and the psychologist who had looked after me actually um was really keen and she felt there was a real gap there for sort of that peer support meeting hmm. other parents that uh, being through it that could almost so you had someone else to talk to and to encourage people to speak up because I think like people now come to me and say oh I knew I, like if I've got friends that are struggling I say oh I knew I could talk to you mm-hmm. um and it's like you, you don't just you can't, it's not just that you can talk to me because I've been there <laughs> you should be able to talk to everyone it shouldn't matter like yeah. you can only talk to people that have been through it you should be able to talk to anyone and have that conversation um, so I suppose that's the idea of it, and I mean it's grown hugely now. So we're we're currently in one, we're still in the one venue workshop. It's been somewhat held back by my studies, I suppose, um, but we mm. look to try and expand into sort of four others around the area. Um, I have five healthcare professionals that have come on board now as trustees, um, mm, yeah. so it's sort of really grown. And we we sort of get we do things like well being packs that go out to parents, so for parents and where or struggling. Um, we have sort of local charities, health visitors, midwives, and people mm-hmm. that will, the perinatal team that will sort of contact us and will send out wellbeing packs to parents. Um, we run one-to-one support, and we have sort of training and supervision packages for our volunteers, so we train them up. So it's it's really come on great mm-hmm. every last years, which yeah. is is really good because it's definitely needed. What's the name of the charity? Uh, By Your Side, it's called. By Your Side. See Dave mm. leaping mm. action there. <laughs>
3: so um leanne is it a local charity for people who live in the area rob is it something that people can access outside of the region as well Uh, is it it, mainly face to face yeah Mm.
2: so um peer support wise parents in coventry and warwickshire we support um but we do sort of have times where we'll run things like on a more national basis sort of this we we did a yeah. workshop once online which we ran sort of open to everybody um and we do produce resources so we produced a resource recently on helping people reach out for support and how they might do that um i think sort of yeah. triggered by the pandemic a little bit and the fact that sort of support went very much virtual mm-hmm. and not face to face and we realized quite quickly that actually that means that a lot of onus is on people to have to reach out for mental health support because there's no yeah. one there on the front line seeing these people anymore so once upon a time you might have gone to your health mm-hmm. visitor clinic or seen your midwife and they might have thought oh something's a bit amiss or you might have said oh I don't know I'm not feeling I'm not sleeping well you know or something and dropped it in and hoped they'd picked up on it and asked you and there was just less of that happening and parents the onus very much on parents have to literally pick up a phone and speak to a GP and say oh well, I think I'm struggling with my mental health or you know have to say that and not really know what to say or how to have those conversations um so we mm-hmm. produced a resource which we worked on with local parents sort of looking at actually how that could be, how that could be helpful um and that was sort of the idea for that was because when I was unwell second time around I hated calling the crisis team because it was mm-hmm. just I don't know I always hated the idea of it because I thought even if I need to do it, like, I don't really know what to say. Like, what do you do? What do you, When you call yeah. someone there on the other line, how do you actually start that conversation? And it just felt so difficult for me to do. I would all, never, ever have, like, be able to call them. And my nurse actually sat down with me at one point and said, right, we're going to do you a little script, she said. And then what you do is if you're really struggling, you call up and you just say this line, just this line, and then they will take over and do the rest. But at least you've made the call and you know what you've got to do and that did just help that Mm. first step that little bit easier and they do Mm. obviously because once you've said that you just say what's on the script and they do pick it up and they will lead the conversation and ask what they need to ask um and it's fine then so it's sort of I think that was what it was sort of inspired by but we do a lot of things like that which Mm -hmm. um I know nationally are quite well used um and we're in the process of trying to get it translated into whether we've got it translated into about three or four languages but trying to get it into more um so that sort of parents can benefit from it particularly locally but obviously nationally as well we're, we're quite a diverse county in Coventry and Warwickshire mm-hmm. so um so it's definitely sort of helpful to to other parents then as well that might need to access support in some way
0: yeah it's so your him. next sort of step was to sort of when you'd had um Kefra, from meeting a mental health nurse which is such a nice thing to hear isn't it who was able mm-hmm. to give you the care that you actually needed and I think what I think is particularly exciting about that is sometimes we struggle in mental health to say what it is we do but what it is we do is what the person needs and it sounds like that's what happened for you
2: yeah yeah and that was very much what made the nurse I remember like speaking to the um lecturer whoever the person was who was dealing with admissions at the time at the university when I rang up and I said that's what I want to do nursing because I don't want to be a psychologist who maybe does six sessions with a parent on a certain specific thing and then says actually our sessions are over now and I know that you're not better and you're not fixed but I'm mm-hmm. done with my bit and move mm-hmm. on I liked the idea to actually just take a parent through a journey and holistically whatever they need yeah. to help with um and sort of help them be able to take control of their own recovery I suppose and I, that mm-hmm. was what I really liked about mm-hmm. the nursing thing and I thought nothing else mm-hmm. no other career in mental health would give me that like a nursing, the nursing yeah. career would mm. um so that was I suppose what attracted mm. me to it and what made me think no that's what I want yes. to do mm.
3: yeah.
2: yeah
0: so you, you did your you're your getting you told us how you actually got onto the course so you're almost heading towards the end of your course now yeah it's
2: going by
0: <laughs> dare we ask how it how it was was it how um, you thought it would be your training it's hard
2: mm. really hard like people warned me it'd be hard um and they said oh make sure you think about it it's very hard you know it's a lot of work mm. and so I was sort of prepared for it to a certain extent but oh, it's hard it's a lot of work like it's mm. at times it is, it's all it is like having a full-time job it's full-on it's a yes. juggle yeah. um but I have really enjoyed it like I think I'll actually miss studying in a way <laughs> um, <'cause it's, laughs>
0: Don't yeah, so let your university hear that. You've been a master's before you know where you are.
2: <laughs> no, to <that's not laughs> <They'll> divorce me. <laughs> <laughs> He's told me once I finish, we'll get a job. Have yeah, you no, got any no. advice
0: for people that are just starting off on that career as a student? Um,
2: yeah. So I'd say just, I don't know, just enjoy it, I guess. Like it has been great. I'd definitely say as well, lean on your cohort like our cohort now when we first started mm-hmm. with covid and we didn't know each other that well but now we are such a close-knit group of people yeah. like it's it's strange and it almost even now like going out and placement the end of the month it feels strange you're like oh I'm gonna miss them all because it's really nice mm-hmm. like, we, do, we really help each other a lot and we're such a mix and they so we're so diverse and like what experience we bring yeah what we've done before and there's some sort of that have mm-hmm. just finished school and come straight into it and they're great for happiness with like the it and all the other things that we don't have a clue on <laughs> none of it was around <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> when i did my last degree like we were we were given a printed sheet uh, at the front of the class and then went to sit down yeah. and listen to week. <laughs> um, and I still now they all turn up with their some of the young ones turn up with their um, laptops and I still walk in with my ring binder and my notebook <laughs> to make my notes. <laughs> <Courses laughs> um yeah. yeah and
3: I just think like,
2: so but it's nice because we've all been able to help each other and it's sort of, sort of that benefit of experience, isn't it, for the we can give the younger ones and life experience and time management. And then there's loads they can mm-hmm. give to us and web technology and how things work and sort yeah. of how we can you know do that side of university I suppose um, Yeah. being really nice um and it's really nice we've got that sort of closeness and we can support each other like that and I think that electric always and it is so true like it is not a competition at the end of the day we <laughs> all want to be nurses like yeah. we all just want to be there on graduation day graduating and you know, and I think helping each other and doing all that is so important. Like, it doesn't matter who comes out with what grade, does it, as long as you all, you know, if you yeah. can support. And we often do it, we'll sit and meet up and practice things and talk through things. And if people don't know, you know, if one of us mm. is stuck with an essay, we'll all sit down and, you know, talk through it together and come up with ideas, and, you know, what sort of layout are they thinking and what points should mm. we cover? Um, and I think that is important because it is hard. It's not easy. You don't want to be going into it alone.
3: Mm-hmm absolutely
2: yeah so have you um have you obviously
3: you've got a specific interest around perinatal mental health but have you found through your
2: experience and your training that there have been in other areas that you've been particularly drawn to uh yeah so i was just saying um to nikki actually before we started that my last placement was on the pq ward um and i really mm. loved it and i was really surprised by how much i loved it um and until I got my job role I got the other week that was where I was sort of yeah. thinking I might go sort of when I qualified I'd, I'd, I'd quite happily mm. like have gone to the ward and worked there and been genuinely really happy in my job um so yeah. and it's funny because when I started I was like no I wouldn't like anything else um but I and but you know in some ways I've loved every placement I've done for different reasons yeah always yeah i will do like i went we had a placement with our dementia team and again at the time i thought oh i don't think this is really for me but absolutely loved it and at the end yeah. of it the only thing that when so they said after all, would you come into it as a career the only thing i think that really put me off was the fact that at the time um they weren't seeing patients long term it was very much discharged back to gp mm-hmm. discharged back to gp and i missed yeah. the idea of long term like all that supporting yeah. a patient yeah. through it um yeah So it didn't, but I loved the actual work. I loved going out and seeing the patients and working with them. Um, And I've genuinely learned so much from each each placement. So even if it's a placement where I've gone and I've thought, this isn't what I want to do. Hmm. I've learned so much from the patients, from the staff that I've just, I don't know, I've never not liked a placement. And maybe I'm lucky, I don't know. Um yes, but I've never not liked the placement. I've always enjoyed them <laughs> and it's always about sad when you leave on your last day and yeah. you say goodbye mm-hmm. to people and you feel like you're leaving a your job. It's strange. And when do you
3: qualify? Yeah. Uh, I
2: just uh, wonder when summer. So mm. so yeah. So not That'll too look. long now. We're just sort yeah. of we're doing dissertations. We've got our last two placements coming up pretty much back to back and then we're done, really. Yeah. Yeah. We've got this dreadica- dreaded medication exam that everyone talks about that you have to get 100% in. <laughs> yeah. Coming up.
0: <laughs> you will not be alone in that horror. Everyone has to. <laughs> I know, I hear everyone <laughs>
2: talk about how awful it is. And our lecturer saying the other yeah. day, he's like, it's not that bad. Like, you know it all. <laughs> I'm like, I mm-hmm. don't know. It's just the idea of it. <laughs> yeah. I've to wait as well. i Nikki, Sorry.
0: You were involved in some other things as well in the course of your um, training. And I was really interested to hear if you could tell us a little bit more about that. I know you did some work with the Royal College of Psychiatrists. Despite having a, a horror of psychiatrists, you got involved with them. <laughs> <laughs> tell us how that happened. Yeah.
2: Um, I did. So I am. Um, I sit on the Exec Committee for the Royal College of Psychiatrists perinatal faculty, mm-hmm. um, Brilliant. which is really interesting. Um, and I love getting involved in that work. Um, so the sort of various projects I've done with them, sort of looking at how i suppose perinatal mental health teams across the country are working with families um sort of looking at the care they provide and Mm -hmm. making sure that is i suppose from a lived experience perspective if that is what parents want and how that can be sort of changed um so i were i contributed to the um perinatal CR. 232 I, was, as I always forget it because it's just a load of numbers um which is sort of the recommendations from <laughs> the Royal College of Psychiatry on on provision of mental health care for childbearing women um so that's sort of the document I suppose that all perinatal mental health teams base themselves on and work from um so I helped yeah I contributed towards that um I as I said I sit on their exec committee to so work on various things and have done sort of smaller projects with them as well looking at specific aspects of care um and I um also did some work with um the NSPCC recently so they were looking at um postnatal care for parents so how they are supported with their mental health when they've had a baby Um, Mm -hmm. and spoke um in House of Parliament on that on the um did the closing speech on that and sort of their talk to MPs about the importance of ensuring that care is funded and mm-hmm. that, that there is an adequate provision in place and sort of the vulnerabilities around that time and how important that is for parents um, and babies. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was very good. Got to go to Downing Street. Met Larry the cat, which is very nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got some lovely pictures of my daughter stroking Larry the cat, which was very nice. Which
0: PM did you catch? Because we've had a few. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> <Then>. <laughs> Do you remember? Boris. Boris, oh, I love the way you remember the cat a lot more clearly. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> I do remember the cat a lot more than the PM and Boris. <laughs> not, uh, not before Boris left, though.
0: Hmm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was like, no, we're still Boris. <laughs> so how how did that
0: come about? How did you come to be sort of speaking and sort of influencing like that?
2: Um, so I suppose it sort of happened quite gradually, I suppose, over sort of the last few years. Mm. Um, I started off locally doing some work um, with sort of local midwives, speaking to mm. midwives and health locally about sort of care I had and sort of where they, how they can support parents and what they can be doing and I suppose those little things that they probably don't think about that are really important um, mm. and sort of did a lot around that locally mm. um, and then ended up speaking a couple of times at the West Midlands perinatal meetings um, And then people just, I don't know, get to hear of you, don't they? Twitter's great for that sort of networking thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I got involved with the Maternal Mental Health Alliance and started doing some work with them. Um, And then from there, I suppose, I just got to know contacts. I've done a lot of work with the Institute of Health Visiting. So I help um, train their perinatal mental health champions. Mm. Um, That's something I feel quite strongly about because I had fabulous health visiting support from my health visitor. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and I think because the funding's been cut so much, parents just aren't getting that anymore.
3: Mm, um, and yeah. it's a real
2: shame because that's almost their first port of call. That's often who parents speak to when they're first struggling and that sort of when they want to first reach out. And I think mm-hmm. not having that service there makes it much harder.
3: I mm, um, agree. Yeah,
2: yeah. And just, like, I don't know, that extra nurse support. So, like, I spoke to a parent the other day who was struggling. <laughs> and, um, like, it's so intimate. Like, when you have a baby, like, it doesn't take much to unsettle your mental health. Through other things that are going on for you. And her baby was struggling with feeding and she needed support and she didn't know what to do. And it was, and she sort of called her health health visitor to speak to them. They're like, oh, you need to see a health visitor, but the first one is until sort of the 8th of February or something it was. And this was like two weeks ago. And she's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Like, how do I wait that long? Do I go to the GP? And it's just like parents are so isolated. So it's something I feel very passionate about. Mm. Um, so I've done a lot of work with them. And then through them, I've just got to know other people, I suppose. So the NSPCC heard of me through the Institute of Health Visiting and got me on board to help with their campaign. Um, mm. And just, yeah, I don't know. People just contact me.
0: <laughs> Sounds like maybe you, you take the step of saying yes a lot. <laughs> so I think once you start saying yes, it's a, it's a lot easier to move forward, isn't it? So yeah. how do you how do you prepare then because I mean that's something maybe that a lot of students don't have that experience. They don't have the experience of anybody listening to them, let alone people asking them things. So how do you prepare mm. to, to take your personal experience or your uh, student experience into a place that's actually helpful for people?
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, um I guess I learn something. I think every time I go out and talk to a group of people or um speak at a conference, I learned something new or I think of something I'm going to do differently each time I do it um so mm. I definitely think some of it is just experience mm. um but actually sometimes it's just getting out there and doing it like I know that like, a lot of people are like really afraid of doing it and I think I was and even now if I'm going out to speak to people yeah. I'm so nervous just beforehand mm. um and yeah. I speak to people that I see at conferences that are so scared as well and they're like how do you do it and I'm like just nervous but you just mm. do it don't you even though sort of inside you're think you gonna have a heart attack in a minute <laughs> you do <laughs> it and um, actually I say I always say to them I think if I didn't then I wouldn't care so I wouldn't be passionate and I wouldn't be giving as passionate at talk. so I think it's mm. in some ways That's it's not- good that you care and I've said that to sort of mm. students before when we've gone into to do our oskies we've done presentations or our beavers and things at uni mm. um I say to them like it's good that you're nervous because that does show you care and it shows mm-hmm. you want to do well and it mm-hmm. shows you care about what you're saying to them and what you how you're going to come across and that's important that's what you want and I think it's seeing that fear isn't it it's not something that's something to be scared of but I say that now two years down the line sort of when I first like before I started talking I used to be so nervous which is ridiculous because a solicitor going to court and things but I hated it I hated court I hated getting mm-hmm. up to speaking to people I hated dealing with judges mm-hmm. sort of all of that and I think going out there and making myself do it those first couple of times because I was so passionate about it, I just wanted to make sure yeah. that it changed and it was more of a mental health was more of a conversation for parents. Um, that I think I forced myself out there to do it, and once you force yourself, it always it just feels easier then as time goes on.
3: Yeah, definitely.
2: And it's helped my confidence yeah. generally overall as well. I feel like now I think if I hadn't have done that, and then I'd have gone to uni. So I don't. I look at some of the people that do that, some of the like younger students that do their vivas and things and they've sort of not got that experience of public speaking and that. And I think, I don't know how you're doing it. They're so brave because I would never have like been able to do that when I was sort of early to mid twenties, sort Mm -hmm. of, it's (laughs) only having all that experience that's made me confident enough to do things like that, I suppose.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I may have missed this, but have you um, secured yourself a post when you're finished? I have, yeah.
2: Uh-huh. Have. Uh yeah, yeah so I'm going nice. to work at a oh. mother and baby unit in Birmingham brilliant well done uh, that's thank you. that was that uh, I found that I got that job the day before Christmas Eve that was a nice little Christmas present
3: yeah, yeah so um so you won't have worked there on placement no you don't know that's... this uh,
2: haven't worked there at all there's a real shortage of placements so i can't get into there cuz it's not my local it's not my local hospital um to do a placement but i am go- i will be going for my management placement sort of our very last one um so i will get to go there and see it before i qualify and sort of do time as a student there which would be really helpful actually
3: yeah yeah that's great yeah, yeah
2: congratulations I, uh, at the end of the month i'm going out to do cams placement so that'll be interesting it will
0: be yeah, yeah definitely
2: yeah
0: so, yeah. you're also were involved in Twitter as well. Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, so I am um, involved. I don't know what the term would be. Happening. I don't
0: know how you
3: studied, by the
2: way. How you've
0: studied,
3: study in? studying. <laughs> okay. Mum and everything else.
2: <laughs> I, um, so, I, well, there's a good team of us. So, it's the We Student Nurse account for the We Communities. Um, It's on a little bit of a break at the moment, I suppose, but um, there's sort of, six seven students that curate that um and that's been really nice because actually I've made sort of the students that I've sort of admined with along the way so I suppose I was in my at the end of my first year when I got involved with that um, and did it all through mm-hmm. second year and I think what's great about that is it's sort of it's nice to have a community of student nurses um, and it's nice to have a community of student nurses from other disciplines as well, because you don't get a lot of that at university really. Mm-hmm. So we do, because I suppose, because as well of COVID and bigger lectures with all the nurses across all fields, mm-hmm. you sort of are more virtual just because the numbers obviously are out and sort of that's just COVID timing. Um, it, so it's been really nice because I've got to meet and work with sort of learning disability nurses, adult nurses, children's nurses, um, and you you learn so much from each other, don't you? I was we were doing a project the other week, and I was talking to a children's nurse, and it was just so interesting because like we both like talking, especially because I was sort of interlinked to me because I was talking about the mother and baby unit, and they were talking about sort of their time on mm-hmm. children's boards. And like she said, like I've never spoken to a mental health nurse, She's like it's so interesting to hear this perspective. Like there was so much I didn't I didn't know, um, and it's the same vice versa, I suppose, um, mm-hmm. and sort of the learning disability nurses. Again, like we've had very limited training on sort of learning disabilities and supporting patients with learning disabilities. So it's really, it's like really interested to talk to them and hear what their placements are like and sort of the sort of things they're doing. Mm. Um, And I think on my experience, Two nurses in other fields would have been very limited had a lot been involved with sort of the we communities and we student nurses yeah. mm. um so it has been really interesting and i've sort of made some really good nurse friends there that i'll definitely sort of stay in touch with and sort of as we off, all qualify off across the country into various things
0: yeah. yeah yeah that's good you're really a turning point aren't you yeah,
2: yeah. it feels very strange <laughs> it does it feels like sort of yeah, the really in sight now <laughs>
3: Yeah, it's just
0: around the corner. Dave has a question for you. So, health visitor in the house, everybody.
1: There is, but it's not health visitor, Nikki. So I'm going (laughs) to book book the trend. Uh, Liam, one of the things that I've been thinking is you just mentioned the last bit about the kind of the transfer of knowledge between different uh, fields of practice in nursing is that there's a a a bank of uh, mental health nurses that are quite anxious about. Uh, the NMC standards and and how much they relate to mental health nursing uh, and I suppose as a near to be newly qualified nurse what's your experience been do you think that the balance is right do you feel like you've had enough of the kind of knowledge sort of transferred from the other fields of nursing or has it been too mm. much and that's impacted how much you've had in terms of mental health education or or is it just not enough?
2: I think it's it's definitely improved as our course has gone on. Um, So second and third year, we had a lot more. So we we've had sort of specific learning disability lectures um, and modules where we've done various bits on learning disabilities. Um, So that's been quite helpful Um, and more of probably in some ways be quite welcome because I think they do interlink with mental health so closely.
3: Mm -hmm. um that
2: it'd be nice to sort of really feel more confident if you were sort of working with those patients um i think the thing that i know sort of our cohort like a lot like talking to sort of student nurses at the moment that comes up a lot is the clinical skills are very so heavily adult based it's really hard mental health nurses really often find them quite hard to get signed off for the nmc sort of clinical skills sign off um when we're on placement because sometimes it's so hard like not all of them I'm trying to think of it I can't think of an example now that comes to my head but they are like when you look at sort of they're very heavily adult nurse based a lot of them mm. sort of students we feel and when we're having to meet all the criteria we often have to go off to sort of general wards and things to tick the box, yes. so, yeah. box ticking exercise and because they don't come as naturally we, we all say like sometimes you're on placement and you can't just focus on just enjoying the placement and what you're doing because you're conscious you've got to tick all these boxes, um, which are all yeah. linked to our mental health and you'll probably never do ever again. <laughs> like I'm trying to, like some of them are like how to um, how to do like an IV fluid bag, and you think like yeah. we have um, to we have to tick that box. We have to go out and do spoke visits on placements to tick these boxes to do them so we can sign yeah. them off but it's like once we qualify the chances of us doing that are so slim there's just sort of it 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 just feels like it's a little bit sometimes it can be a little bit one box to call and it's all very geared around the the adult nursing and there's not Mm. um as much sort of around that and I mean I I suppose our university were really good in that they sort of helped us decipher that so they did do us a little sheet on how actually we can link them in specifically with our mental health placements which were really was really Mm -hmm. helpful because it we had that last placement so and we could look at it and think well actually this is what we could do we could talk to our sort of wards about it that we could i suppose use it in a slightly more mental health way because before yeah. that it's and, and i know a sort of other students in other universities will say to me that if they don't have that they're sort of racking their brains like i said trying to just sort of tick these boxes um mm. whereas it'd be quite good i suppose to have it <clears> more geared at, I spoke for mental health nurses to have it geared at more random mental health backgrounds and like what is it that you know what are the key skills and clinical skills that we need to be knowing as mental health nurses that are relevant to our practice yeah definitely um i can see
0: we're hitting the uh 40 minute mark again <laughs> i very very fast as usual so thank you for yeah. whizzing that along it's really interesting um that's yeah. we could come to everybody for one last comment and then maybe finish with leanne i actually can't see the other two of you now i can only just see <laughs> Like you in (laughs) witness protection, but I assume you're still there.
3: (laughs) My car's switched off, so I've just been trying to turn the light on. So, apologies, it won't let me (laughs) without starting the engine. Um, and it's also freezing here, but anyway, um, it's nice to join you, Leanne, even Mm. though I was late. And I know you're back with us as well in a few weeks, aren't you? We're doing a session on um, digital mental health and young people, so. Um, we'll look forward to you joining us again but i think it's just been really nice to hear your story and your you know openness and honesty and you know the work you're doing is really inspiring so look forward to seeing how it develops as well yeah so thank you thanks for being on with us tonight absolutely dave did you want to add anything yeah.
1: Well, obviously, it's been a pleasure to hear health visitors mentioned lots and lots because it is the best profession (laughs) in the world. So uh, thanks for that, Leanne. Uh, And I suppose just to also say uh, next week, uh, we're talking about the mental health nurses handbook. So I think that'll probably go in quite nicely in terms of the, you know, the kind of advice and suggestions Leanne's provided tonight uh, and and probably segues quite nicely into Dr. Sue McLaughlin and Dr. Emma Wadey that are going to be talking about that new uh, book that came out. Uh, late last year
0: yeah brilliant so Leanne is there anything you. you wanted to say before we head out
2: um I don't know I suppose for me um yeah just enjoy it to student nurses out there and to anyone I mean I am forever approached or hear people say that they're thinking about doing it like doing nursing as a student like doing it and they don't know whether to and all you know it's so it's hard to decide and am I too late and I was speaking to someone this morning that said oh they didn't know I was doing it and they said oh I'd love to do it and I don't know it's a big career change for me and I need to look you know there's so much to consider and I would say I'll just go for it like it's been great and I loved my career beforehand but like i love this so much more and there's much more passion there and you can do so much with a ner- with you know mental health nursing the world's you always they want you know once you're you've qualified you can do so much with it
0: hmm. i can't think of a better way to finish than that <laughs> so thank you very much leanne thank you very much to you guys for watching and um, we'll just wish you a good night good night guys bye bye
1: bye